Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, my friends, this is Ryan Lee. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. It has been a bit. I will be honest with you. It has been a little while since I've been on the microphone doing a podcast with you guys, but I'm excited and grateful to be on with you today because look, um, we live in a very chaotic world and I don't know about you, but I, I really feel like the chaos, the level of chaos and uncertainty has gone up over the last couple of years. And it seems like almost every single day now I'm having conversations with individuals around the growing mental anxiety, the mental stress, the tension, and the uncertainty that is coming with all of this um, chaos around the world, and especially as it relates to money. And look, the, the, the title of this podcast, the purpose of this podcast is to empower you, an individual, with money. Because at the end of the day, we have the audacity to combine and connect success with money. Think about this for a moment, my friends. Success needs a scoreboard. If you're going to be successful in your fitness, you have a scoreboard of what that success looks like, the measurement that you're on. Maybe you're trying to gain weight. Maybe you're trying to lose weight. Maybe you're trying to bench press a certain amount of, of uh, weight, or maybe you're trying to run a mile in, in X amount of time. But either way, you have a scoreboard that measures your success in that area of your world. Success is measured in the world of finance with money. And we have the audacity to combine the two because I don't believe that you cannot, you know, be successful. I don't believe you can be successful, fully successful in life unless you're successful in the game of money because money is ultimately linked to the things that we really want in life. At the end of the day, no one wants money. You know, we ask this all the time to people that when they come inside of our community of what do you want? And when, when people tell us no one really wants money, they want the things that money can buy for them, that can do for them, whether whether it's putting security underneath you, whether it's having a foundation in case you lose your job, you've got the ability to, to pivot and move on to the next chapter in your life. Or maybe it's you want to travel more. You want the thing that money can be exchanged for. So my friends, what prevents us, you, from achieving what you want with money? And here's the thing that I think is so dangerous around the conversation around money. We are told that you don't have to have any financial intelligence. I want you to consider back, look back over all the education that you have in your life and focus and think about how much of that education was actually centered around personal finance. I remember when I was in school, there was nothing, nothing taught around money, nothing taught about how to earn money, how to save money, how to minimize taxes, how to invest money. That was not taught at all. The only financial education that I had was the education that I observed from those around me. Now, fortunately, my father was a, a steward over money and he taught me a very Dave Ramsey style focus of, of money. But look, the reality of it was I wasn't taught anywhere in the school setting how to handle money and likely you were not either. So the danger with that is when you have money, you have no idea what to do with it. And the entire retirement machine and complex has been built around this idea that you are not smart enough, you are not capable enough. And if you want financial outcomes, you have to then give your 
money to someone else. I mean, think about how traditional finance works, right? You go to work, you trade all of your time, effort, and attention to earn money. You then take that money that you earn, you pay your taxes, you put food on the table, you do all the things required to keep your family surviving and thriving in this life. And then what little money you have left over, you're then supposed to take that money and give it to someone else. Whether you put that in a 401k, whether you put that in the stock market, whether you have a guy or a financial person or whatever that might be, you give that money to someone else. And all of the dreams that you have as it relates to what your future will be are connected to money. But yet, you have no control over the outcome of your money. You've deferred the responsibility of what might happen with your money and thus the dreams that are possible or impossible as a result to someone else. And we kind of tell ourselves that that's just the way it goes. That's just the way money works. We're not smart enough. We're not capable enough. Let's give it to the professionals. And somehow they will care more about our success than we do. My friends, that is never a reality. So the number one thing that holds most people back from achieving financial freedom isn't picking the right investment. It's not, you know, timing the market. It's not knowing when to get in and when to get out, how to reduce your taxes, all of those things. Those are just tactics. Those are just steps in the process. The number one thing that holds people back from achieving anything as it relates to money is your financial intelligence. Now, this sounds kind of crazy. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Financial intelligence is the part of our mental intelligence that we use to solve our financial problems, period. That's what financial intelligence is. We have to use our brain to solve problems because think about this. Look, money isn't anything other than a tool. It's just a piece of paper, or in today's world, it's a, it's a number on a computer screen, right? That's all money really is. So money isn't anything that we can pick up and go build a house with, but money is a tool, and we have to use our mental intelligence to use that tool effectively. And I like to define or quantify our financial intelligence in four distinct categories. And this is the measurement of that intelligence. It's our financial IQ. It's how we quantify our financial intelligence. And the four categories I like to quantify financial intelligence in is the art and the science of making money, the art and the science of keeping money, the art and the science of investing your money, and the art and the science of living wealthy. And so, look, the reality of it is those are the four silos of money. And if there's an aspect of your financial plan that isn't working, that you're dissatisfied with, that you're in pain around, it's because likely you don't have a strong enough financial IQ in that area. For example, for example, my friends, right now, if you are not making enough money, you have to consider the possibility that you do not have a high enough financial IQ in the world of making money. And in order for you to make more money, you have to raise your financial intelligence. You have to learn how to create more value for more people or deeper value for fewer people. And as a result, exchange that value in a way that allows you to make more money. I remember when I got out of college, my very first salary was $32,000 a year. It was funny, $32,000 a year. I remember in college, I, I had a side hustle that I used to pay my way through college. You know, I graduated, both my wife and I, we graduated without any debt, a proud accomplishment of ours. Uh, we graduated broke as a joke, but no debt, okay? And the way I paid my way through college uh, for my wife and I is I, I ran a little side hustle business. Now, it don't get excited about this. It was nothing other than I would knock doors, I would walk around and I would fertilize people's lawns, okay? Fertilize and aerate their lawns. And so, um, I would make money doing that way. I had a truck and a trailer and I'd get some high school kids and we'd drive around the neighborhoods and those aerating machines are big and clunky and heavy. And we just go knock on their door and say, oh, hey, 
um, we've got this big machine on the back of our truck here. We're willing to aerate your lawn for you. Or if you want, you could go rent your own aerator and go do it yourself. And every single time people would say, yeah, just do it for me. So anyway, I, I, I made money in college to pay my way through college. And then when I graduated college, I thought somehow, some way a college degree certified me to make a lot of money. That was kind of the, the, the vision I had in my mind. And I remember I got a salary. I went from hustling, knocking doors and making money that way. And I got a salary and I was getting paid 32000 dollars a year and I didn't know what that meant until I got my first paycheck now I'm gonna date myself a little bit I remember I got that first paycheck and it was in an envelope and it was one of those envelopes that had a little window on the front of the envelope and I could see my name in there and I could see the check right it was color it had like kind of a rainbow color in there and so anyway I took the check to the Bank of America I was in Tucson Arizona and I opened that check and I was gonna go deposit my very first check and when I opened it I took the check out I wanted to like first call my HR manager and say there's been a problem or then I wanted to cry and then I wanted to yell and scream because man after I got the salary and it was quantified or broken down over a two-week time frame and then taxes were taken out and insurance was taken out. Like I was like $900. I had like $900 for my college degree. And I remember I was furious. I was so mad that that's how much money I'd made after two weeks. Um, but again, I realized I didn't have enough financial intelligence at that point to make more money. I had to raise my financial IQ to re realize how to create more value. And over the next several years, all the way up to this point, I've raised my financial IQ every single year in the art and the science of creating value, of building teams, of building myself individually, of increasing my mindsets and my skill sets, building networks and people around me, whatever that might be, I've raised my financial intelligence and as a result, I have made more money. So my friends, if you find yourself in a position where you don't have enough money to show for your efforts, consider that if you want to get what you want, it might require you to take some ownership and responsibility over your financial intelligence. Second thing, second financial intelligence is keeping money. This is where a lot of people come into pain in inside of the world of cash flow tactics. But guys, this is a financial IQ. This is literally a financial IQ. And I remember for me, I didn't have this IQ built up, right? Uh, as I started investing in real estate and, and I, you know, I had more side hustles out of college, you know, I remember I had my salary and I realized, man, my salary is not going to get me where I want to go fast enough. And so I started doing side hustles and I launched a business, an online business, and I made more money in that online business after a couple of years, after I raised my financial IQ to do it. Um, I made more money in that online business than I was making in my salary. At this point, I was making six figures in my salary. And I remember I was making all this money, but there was so much anxiety I had around the money building up in my bank account. Now, poor Ryan, right? He's got money in his bank account. He's got anxiety, poor guy, right? But look, here's the reality. That anxiety was building up because I knew that money wasn't mine, or at least not all of it, but I didn't know how much of it was mine. I had no idea, right? I knew there was a tax liability associated with this money that I had in my bank account. And no matter who I talked to, everyone kept telling me, oh, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Just go hire a CPA, right? And it wasn't until I met Brad Gibb and he showed me, opened up how the tax code worked. I really understood the framework. That doesn't mean I'm an expert in taxes, but I do understand the framework on what success needs to look like and I can hire people and hold them accountable to that success metric, but it helped me open up the possibility of keeping more money. And then rather than putting my money in a 401k, I wanted to eliminate taxes. I had to raise my financial IQ around the concept of the vault and understand what it was, how it worked, why other people were doing it, why I was putting my money in a tax-deferred investment like a 401k versus a tax-free investment like a vault. And so I had to raise my financial IQ. And as I raised my financial IQ in making money and keeping money, my friends, something really interesting started to happen. 
I started to build a sense of abundance in my life. No longer was I operating from a, a place of scarcity. For so long in my early financial life, I was operating from scarcity. I didn't have enough money. I wasn't making enough money. Things weren't working out. And despite my best efforts, I didn't feel like I was moving fast enough. But as I took the ownership and responsibility on myself to raise my financial IQ, I figured out, and I'm still learning so much more to learn, that I figured out how to make more money and I figured out how to keep more money along the way. And as I raised my level of abundance year after year after year, a really unique thing started to open up. In the beginning, I was operating out of scarcity. My friends, I think it's okay to use scarcity as a way to get going in your financial world, right? To, to move you to action. But scarcity in the long run will wear you out. Scarcity in the long run will mentally tax and, and just burden you down. And over the long run, you cannot make good long-term decisions from a place of scarcity. In the short run, you can make decisions out of scarcity. Like when I got my $32,000 salary, I was in scarcity. I was frustrated by that. I used that scarcity as a driver to move faster and work harder, right? And so scarcity can get you going. But as you raise your financial IQ mentally uh, in making money and keeping money, that raises your level of abundance. And the third element of financial intelligence is how to invest. And this was a big one for me as well, my friends. If you're listening to this, if you're a first time listener, um, I'm going to say something that for me was a radical epiphany switch um, for me because I thought the definition of success when it came to having money was having a lot of net worth. I remember back in the day, I had a, a spreadsheet and on this spreadsheet, I would track my net worth. I would monitor my, my mortgage and I'd monitor my debt and I'd look at my income and whatever little assets I had at the time, I'd monitor my 401k and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a $20,000 net worth, a $50,000 net worth, whatever, $100,000 net worth. And I thought that was the definition of success. But it wasn't until 2008 that I learned a different definition of what success was when it came to investing. I just thought if I worked hard, saved hard, and my net worth grew, one day everything would work out. And guys, that's the most dangerous word in, in the English vocabulary as it relates to everything in life, but especially around money. One day. Don't ever put something off for one day that you could and should do today. So for me in 2008, I watched my 401k tumble like a, a you know, like a falling rock out of the sky. And, you know, the interesting thing was I realized I wanted to quit my job. I was working really hard and trying to save as much money as I could. And I thought that if I track my net worth, that would be the metric of success. And it, early on for me, my definition was I want to retire when I'm in my 50s. That was kind of the loose definition that I had. But I remember in 2008, as my 401k started to fall, it ended up at the very lowest balance at $28,000. And at that point, I started to really look into the possibility, what if I took the money out of my 401k? And you know what I learned? I learned that I couldn't even touch the money. It wasn't even mine. It didn't matter what my net worth was. There was no possible way using a 401k in my 30s I could become financially free. Like that was amazing. I was so furious when I went and talked to my HR investor or my HR advisor saying, look, man, that's my money. Give me whatever's left over in my money. And he's like, well, dude, you can't take it. That's stuck there, right? And even if you could take it, there's a 10% penalty and then you have to pay all this taxes. And at the end of the day, the reason I wanted to take my money is I wanted to pivot. I wanted to shift. I wanted to get out of the corporate world and start, you know, really double down on this business that I was, that I was running on the side. And my HR advisor told me that money's not yours. Ryan, you can't touch that until you're 59 and a half without penalty and, you know, penalty. And then even when you do touch it, it's taxes. And at that point, I realized measuring my success based on my net worth was irrelevant. It meant nothing to me because I thought at the time, man, if I took $28,000, what was left over my 401k, 
At the time, my monthly expenses were about $7,000. I thought, okay, look, if I take that $28,000, that will give me four months. I could just burn that money, and over the next four months, I can transition out of the corporate world into being an entrepreneur. And then come to realize that I couldn't touch the money, and then again come to realize, and I just didn't put this together back in the day, that when I took that money out, it would then be taxed, so I didn't really have $28,000, I'd have to pay taxes first. And then because I was before the age of 59, I'd have to pay a 10% penalty. And by the end of it, even if I could take the money, I'd only really be left over with like $18,000. And I was like, my goodness, that money and that measurement of success net worth meant nothing. Because at the end of the day, what really what I was looking for is I wanted to know how much of my time I owned. I wanted to turn $28,000 into four months of time. And I realized that was the definition of success. Investing really the way we we would measure success is based on how much income my assets can produce today, right now. And I think that's one of the biggest things that keeps people stuck in the world of retirement is they have no idea what success looks like. And they're using the wrong benchmark, the wrong um, measurement for success. They're using their net worth. And when we really look at your net worth, it's irrelevant. It's just a number that changes constantly. Until you understand and know how much income your assets generate, when you can take that income, how long it's going to last, how much net spendable income you're going to have after taxes, it doesn't rise with inflation and how much control you have over it. Until you know the answers to those questions, my friends, you do not have a financial plan for financial freedom. Okay, so at the end of the day, I needed to raise my financial intelligence and I realized that investing was really more about cash flow. So the third financial intelligence was understanding how to deploy my capital in a way that I could exchange dollars for assets that generated income, that I had control over, that raised rose with inflation, that, that gave me the ability to own and control my time. Now, the fourth financial IQ is probably the hardest one for a lot of us goal-oriented people to learn and understand and to really adopt. It's this idea of living wealthy or legacy. You know, even when I transitioned out of the world of, you know, net worth and hoping for one day and thinking I was going to buy my life back in my 50s, um, even when I transitioned from that world into cash flow, I still carried a very retirement mentality. I kept telling myself, when I have enough cash flow, then I'll give myself permission to spend money. Then I'll give myself permission to live the life that I wanted. And it you know, wasn't until life taught me some lessons that opened me up to the possibility that life is never tomorrow. Life is only today. Like, think about that for a moment. The dreams that we have, those are all dreams for the future. And the only thing that's separating us from our dreams is the fact that we're unwilling to live those dreams today in the only moment that we have control over, right? It's right now. So my friends, the fourth financial intelligence is being able to give yourself permission to live wealthy. Now, wealthy can be defined in a lot of different ways. I'm not saying go out, go out and blow all of your money. But I'm, what I am saying is how do you use money as a tool to build and live a life that matters today? and still be able to stay in pursuit of your long-term financial goals of being financially free. Like this was a really hard one for me to grasp and understand, but as I started to make that transition and giving myself permission to reallocate dollars to investing in a lifestyle in addition to allocating dollars to investing for financial freedom, something really interesting opened up, right? In the beginning, like I told you earlier, it was operating out of scarcity, right? It was when I have you know enough, then I'll give myself permission. And out of scarcity, it was this constant approaching money is there was never enough, right? There was never enough to meet all the demands. There was never enough to meet all the goals. There was never enough to satisfy all the places that I wanted money to go. And it was out of scarcity. 
But something really interesting happened. As I started to deviate some money in proportion to how much money I was making to living wealthy today, and some of that meant going out on dates where we actually went out to a restaurant, and then some of that meant traveling more often, and then some of that meant staying, you know, going from staying in a, in a horrible motel to a nicer place, and then some of that meant maybe, you know, hiring babysitters so my wife and I can do date night, those type of things. As I started to build and live a life that mattered today, something really interesting opened up. I started to love the life that I had. And I started to find more drive and motivation in my financial world in the making money side of things and the keeping money side of things and the cash flow money side of things because I wanted to sustain that lifestyle, sustain that level of abundance. And it opened up rather than giving myself permission to live one day, as I gave myself permission today, my game plan started to take on a life of its own. Every financial goal that I had came with a celebration goal along with it. And then I, my wife and I found more drive to achieve those goals because they helped give us more permission to live more abundantly today. So my friends, if you find yourself stuck in any aspect of money, I want you to consider the possibility that it's you that is going to be the solution. The answer and the solution to your problems isn't finding the right financial advisor. It's not picking the right stock. It's not timing the market. It's not having the secret loophole that will save you money and taxes today. Those are just tactics. Those are just things, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to raise your financial IQ. And I think so many people are left stuck. They're left wanting. And at the end of the day, if you're in this position where you feel stuck and, and hopeless, you become helpless. And if you become helpless, then you look for answers outside of yourself. And when things don't go the way you want or the way you expect, you blame, you shift the blame from you to someone else. It's my financial advisor's fault. It's the market's fault. It's the government's fault. It's whatever, fill in the blank. But my friends, at the end of the day, when you take ownership, you realize that you are the creator, the source and creator of all opportunity in your life. Money is simply a tool. And if you have lack in any area of your life, as you raise your financial intelligence, you will become the producer who's more empowered to create life. You start to take on control and money becomes a tool in your hands to build something amazing. And so my friends, my invitation for you at the end of this podcast is just that. It's a short and simple, sweet podcast today. But look, at the end of the day, cash flow tactics, our mission, our measurement of success is anyone that follows our strategy can achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less. That's how we measure our success. But really, the mantra behind that is rise up. Okay, it's rise up, live free. The thing that is standing in your way is you. Get out of your own way. Give yourself the permission and the opportunity to raise your financial intelligence. And at the end of the day, your financial intelligence grows, right? Because look, here's here's the here's what I see happen to a lot of people is they think there's this end goal in mind. They think that one day I'll have enough financial intelligence. One day I'll have enough money. But at the end of the day, it's an infinite possibility. Let me give you this this last thing to close out. Okay, so. When you're focusing on your financial intelligence, um, it's just this open-ended loop. And as you have the ability to solve bigger and bigger problems, your opportunities become bigger and bigger. Now, if you believe that your financial intelligence is going to limit you, here's the money problems of the poor, okay? Money problems of the poor, okay? Number one, they don't have enough money. Number two, they use credit to supplement their money shortages. Number three, it's the rising cost of living and what are they going to do about it? Number four, it's paying more in taxes, more money. The more money they make, the more they pay in taxes. Number five, it's the fear of emergencies. It's always something around the corner. Every time I talk to people and they can never get ahead, it's because something always came up, okay? It's the blind acceptance of bad financial advice, and it's not enough money to retire. Those are the financial problems of the poor. Now, when you raise your financial intelligence, your problems don't go away. 
your ability to solve bigger problems presents itself and you now have bigger problems in, in, in front of you. So here's the money problems of the rich, having too much money. Now, guys, does that sound insane, having too much money? One of the biggest challenges of raising your financial acuity and financial awareness is you have to figure out how to keep your money in your control, how to keep it safe, private, and protected, how to keep it out of the hands of the moochers and looters, the litigators and the prosecutors. Everyone, everyone is going to try to take from you the more that you have. And so having too much money in and of itself becomes a problem. How do you not spoil your kids? How do you still live with a sense of gratitude and a sense of humility? How do you take the money that you have and do something good with it? Like having too much money is in and of itself a problem. Number two, you need to keep your money safe and productive, right? Too oftentimes, the thing that takes money away from individuals when they have it is they still give their money to someone else thinking that someone else is going to care more for it than they will. How do you keep your money safe and productive? Number three, it's not knowing whether people like them or want their money. Number four, it's blindly accepting advice from financial advisors. Number five, it's raising spoiled kids. Number six, it's moochers and looters. Number seven, it's, it's challenge finding fulfillment when money wasn't as, impor as important as they once thought it was. A lot of times people chase down money thinking that that's the thing that's going to give them a sense of fulfillment, and it's not. Like money at the end of the day is a very, very poor measurement of fulfillment. In fact, once you, it's, there's, this, there's this study, I can't remember who did it, but of the fulfillment curve. And once you get to a certain standard of money, money means less and less and less. And so the more you trade, the more you give, the more you sacrifice to get it, the less fulfillment you ultimately find from it. So at the end of the day, my friends, your financial IQ is your greatest tool to help you get what you want. Because again, at the end of the day, money is just a tool to help you build and live a life that matters. So my friends, in 2022, with the world seemingly going crazy and the markets on the verge of melting down and taxes on the verge of going up and inflation on the verge of destroying so many people's wealth and finances, what will you do about it? Will you take the unique opportunity to rise up so that you can live free? Because I believe right now one of the greatest wealth transfers is and will continue to happen for those who can see the opportunities that are there that are there right now. Many people are just grasping, holding on, hoping that the market always comes back, hoping that in this next election cycle, inflation will stabilize, hoping that everything's going to work out. And my friends, whether or not it does work out, you will never have enough if you stay in a position where you're not in control of the outcome of your money. You'll never have the confidence to spend it. You'll never have the confidence to chase down your wildest dreams if you don't understand how to convert money into outcomes with your life. So my friends, hopefully this podcast helped you have a different glance of what's possible and also what is necessary and required. My friends, continue to rise up so that you can live free. It's great. I'm grateful to be back on the microphone with you. I love, I love that you're out there listening right now because at the end of the day, in my opinion, the more people that achieve financial freedom, the faster the problems in this country get fixed. And the reason I say that, when you're not reliant on others, you can stand up for anything, right? You don't have to take it and you don't have to hope that your employer will you know, keep you on board. You don't have to go along with craziness that you don't believe in or resonate with. Your money gives you a tool to stand up for what you believe in, your core values, and ultimately fight for your freedom. And my friends, we need more people today willing and able to stand their ground. So my friends, continue wherever you're at to live the good life, to use money as a tool, and to rise up so that you can live free.
Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free, and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.